The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with your host, Jackie Pilosoff. No one should have to go through a divorce feeling alone and isolated. The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast is a production of Divorced Girl Smiling, where every show is 30 minutes aimed to empower you, help you feel validated and understood, and connect you with some of the best divorce professionals in the industry. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and start smiling as you join us right now for the Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Before we get started, I want to talk about a new mini course that will help you heal after your divorce. It's called The Essentials to Healing After Divorce. It's a mini course that you take online, and it was developed by Dr. Kevin Skinner, PhD, and he is also a licensed marriage and family therapist with a 28-year career. And this course is designed to give you a post-divorce assessment. There are 10 engaging sections. It answers some of the questions you probably have, and it has some videos that will really help you. And guess what? It's only $47. You get over $500 worth of support for $47 because Dr. Skinner wants to make this available to people getting divorced at a really reasonable rate. So if you want to learn more about the mini course called The Essentials to Healing After Divorce, go to divorcedgirlsmiling.com and go to the Trusted Professional section, and you'll find the course under Healing After Divorce. I also want to talk about divorce attorney Anna Krolikowska. Anna is a divorce attorney on the North Shore of Chicago and also works in Chicago. I've known Anna for over 10 years. She's a wonderful attorney. She's very into making sure her clients divorce either through mediation or the collaborative divorce. So not into litigation at all, just an experienced person, extremely motivated and dedicated. And you can find Anna at AnnaKLaw.com or in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. So when I was getting divorced, I had not worked in six years. And my career that I was doing before, right before I left when I had a baby was I was a pharmaceutical rep making a lot of money. And I knew that I had to go back to work. I didn't have to go back right away, but I knew I would. I thought, well, I can't go back to the pharmaceutical company because that's going to be a 10-hour day, sometimes not being home all day. I don't want my kids to be raised by nannies. I was like crazy. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having nannies. But my point in telling this story is that I think it's really, really hard for people who get divorced to figure out how to rebuild their professional life and what they want to do. And that's what I want to dedicate this podcast to, rebuilding your professional life after divorce. And to talk about this with me is financial advisor and divorced mom of three kids, right, Joe? That's right. Uh, Joanne Lippman. Hi. Hi, Joe. Hello. Hello, hello. Always nice to have you on the show, Joe. And the reason I love having you on here is because you're you're like me. We're very relatable. We've been here. We both went through how do I rebuild my life after divorce? 
What do I do with my career? We're both moms. And it's it's going to be a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. So am I. So, Joe, do you agree with me that it's hard to figure out what you want to do professionally after divorce? And before you answer that, I also want to say, even if you don't need the money, you can't just sit around, right? I mean, I'm not saying being a stay-at-home mom is sitting around. But what I'm saying is we're going to get into the benefits of having a professional life that you love. And it's more than monetary. So tell me. I think I think it is difficult. One of the reasons, maybe the main reason is our whole lives are different, right? Uh, we're at the stage where many of us got to a point where we never thought we would be, right? We weren't prepared for this. Um, it's not anything that we planned for, imagined for ourselves or anything. So it's not just the difficulty in determining what to do. I think there's a whole lot of emotions around it that are really difficult to manage during this time. Tell me your story. So when you got divorced, were you a financial advisor? Like, tell us that story. Sure. I was not a financial advisor. I had like this blessed corporate career in my younger and mid years. And then um, and I was traveling all over. I was public speaking. I was doing a whole lot of things. And then when it came time for our third child, I stepped away from the corporate world. And I just, in hindsight, if I thought, if there was any thought in my mind that I had a divorce in my future, I probably wouldn't have done that, you know? So that really put me in a different place. So I was home for a while. I did do some things while I was home and I did a lot of volunteering, but I found myself in the need to, you know, having the need to really earn money, (laughs) you know? So my divorce did not leave me in a great place financially. I didn't even know I financial being a financial advisor was in my future, but I did have a lot of experience in the corporate world and with everything from people and budgets and project management and things. And I thought like, what do I do next? You know, but little did I know, like it was a series of stepping stones to get to where I am today. I didn't know that. And so I think being open to that for people is a really good thing. My first job after I got divorced was not some great job. You know, it was money. It was earning some money. To your point, it gave me some structure and got me out of the house, right? Like those were things that in in interacting with people and those were all really good things. But I had a few stepping stones. I found a job to pay money, right? Like that was a good thing. It was something I could manage um, in my new schedule as a single parent, right? And then- I just sort of led into some other things. And it wasn't until eight or nine years after I was divorced that the idea of financial services came into my world. So it was not an original plan, but I think being open through the process and just knowing that it may take a few places to find your new you know, career path is, is a good thing to be aware of. Okay. I want to touch on this. This is very important if you're listening to this. My story is similar to Joe's. I didn't just say, hey, I'm going to start Divorce Girl (laughs) Funneling, a resource for people to find good divorce professionals. This is 10 years in the making. Mm -hmm. And I've been divorced for 17. So there there were things in between. But like you, Joe, I started out really small. My first journalism job, and I consider Divorce Girl Smiling journalism because I write and I do podcasts. My first job was writing a column for the Pioneer Press, telling people what was going on for the weekend in Glenview, the town where I live, for $50 a week. That Mm -hmm. was the first stepping stone. 
And that led to something else. Somebody went on vacation and my editor said, hey, can you write feature stories? Sure. Had no idea what I was doing. But <laughs> I figured it out. Now I'm a features reporter. Then he said, we want you to write eight stories a week. That led to, hey, we want you to be a columnist. So it all keeps building. And what I want to tell my listeners is I know that you might be feeling like you have no self-confidence. I know I felt like a frumpy stay-at-home mom. I didn't have self-worth, self-confidence. You don't really know what you're supposed to do. And both what Joe and I are both saying is that we understand you don't have to know exactly what you want to do specifically. Just follow what you enjoy, follow what you're successful at, follow anything you like and that you're good at, and it will lead you to where you're supposed to be eventually. Do you agree? I do agree. Like my, I, I love to share my first job. So I went from like a consult business consulting and running companies and divisions of companies to working the front office of um, an eye doctor's office. And the reason being was it was supposed to lead to me running the multi-office practice. The practice manager was going to retire, but I had to start like knowing the business, right? And I had a background in healthcare management. So that was all sort of made sense. But she never retired. And I ended up just having this job working the, you know, at the front desk of a doctor's office. It was not an ideal job for me, right? It wasn't the place I thought I was going to, but it was a friend's per, you know, mom who got, you know, got me kind of in. So like my network kind of led to it. I thought I was going in the right direction with them. I wasn't. So I took another stepping stone, right? Somewhere else down the line. But it served a need right then. And that's okay too. Like there's no shame in taking a job that isn't like your dream job. Take the job, right? If you need to take a job for whatever reason, if it's financial or otherwise, take the job, right? And you never know where it's going to go from there. Joe, this is so great because I was thinking while you were telling us this, first of all, it probably was really fun because it wasn't high stress. You probably interacted with a lot of people all day, which kept your mind off the divorce and all your problems because you had to be on. You had to be like, hi, how are you? <laughs> right. you know, I think that would be so much fun. And I love that you said, like, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Any job you get, I don't care if you are working at a fast food restaurant, you should be proud that you are giving back to the society and making money and a paycheck. And don't even think twice about it because the only person that matters what they think about you is you. So if you need to take a job just to make ends meet while you're looking for what you really want to do, wonderful. And we're also not saying don't take a job that's going to be miserable, but just right. know that you're not there forever. You knew you weren't going to be a receptionist forever. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with being a receptionist. No, not that's at all. Somebody wants to do forever. You know like, what? The, there were some real benefits to it. Yeah, there were. You know, and also like, what about the social aspect? What about meeting people and becoming friends with your coworkers? That is so beneficial, I think, to self-esteem and feeling like you have a sense of community and you might meet other divorced people through it. You might date someone through it. So there's all kinds of opportunities, even socially. Sure. And it's like anything else. If it turns out like for me, over time, I was there a while, but over time, it wasn't the right place because it didn't lead to the things that I expected it to. Well, then it led me to something else, right? So it's okay. Like that. that's okay too. But 
definitely, I didn't spend a really long time looking for a job because I got it, you know, since I knew somebody that knew somebody, like it got me the job fast. That was a real benefit. And it got me back into that new career path, even though it wasn't the right place. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pillisoff, and I'm your host. I'm here today with financial advisor, Joanne Littman, and Joe is also a divorced mom, and we are talking about how to rebuild your professional life after divorce. We're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the excitement of the unknown, how to cope with change, and also, how do you figure out what you wanna do? So we'll be right back. I wanna take a minute and talk about divorce attorney, Katherine Miller. Katherine is a divorce attorney in New York and she also has a Connecticut office. She's also a certified divorce mediator and a trained collaborative divorce professional. Katherine has been in practice for over 30 years. She's personally divorced. She's the founder of her practice, Miller Law Group, which is an all women's boutique law firm with seven divorce professionals. Can't say enough about Catherine. She is so well-respected, really well-known, and just a really, really good person. Lots of compassion, but also extremely professional and good at what she does. You can find Catherine at miller-law.com. I also want to talk about the newest Divorce Girl Smiling trusted partner, Divorce Coaches Academy. So Divorce Coaches Academy is the industry leader when it comes to training divorce coaches who are prepared with both effective coaching skills and professional conflict resolution strategies. So if you're considering becoming a divorce coach or you wanna see who the divorce coaches are that have the Divorce Coaches Academy certification, look on Divorce Girl Smiling in the Trusted Professional section under Divorce Coach Training. I personally know Deborah and Tracy, who are the founders, and they are really wonderful. And what makes their certification so special is what I talked about, that they also help divorce coaches who are in training learn professional conflict resolution strategies. That is so important. So I want to personally welcome Divorce Coaches Academy. And again, you can find them in the Trusted Professional section of Divorce Girl Smiling, but you can also find them at divorcecoachesacademy.com. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pillisoff. I'm your host. I'm here today with Joanne Littman. Joe, you and I have known each other for like at least six or seven years. I just have such respect for you, both personally and professionally. I want to tell my listeners, Joanne is a financial advisor. She's been doing it for how many years? Uh, eight, almost nine years. Almost nine years. Oh, so I met you like kind of at the beginning of your career, maybe a couple mm -hmm. years in. Mm -hmm. And what I love about Joe is that she has this divorce niche. So her entire, not her entire, but a large part of what she does is helping divorced people when they have questions, when they're wondering about their investments, when they're 
maybe not sure about what to do with divorce settlement money, all this stuff. And it's kind of over my head because it's all financial, but it's not over Joanne's head. So if you have any questions, you can find her in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling under financial advisors. Joe and I today are talking about rebuilding your professional life after divorce. So what did you think, Joe, about what I said about change? How don't you think people fear change? Like change is really scary. So to change your career and say, well, now that I have kids, what I did before my I had kids might not work. That's terrifying for people. It is terrifying. So I happen to be one of those people that, that generally likes change. <laughs> but um, like, it's a lot of change when you're going through a divorce. And even for somebody like me, it's just, you know, you kind of get to the point where it's like everything feels sort of out of sorts and your feet really aren't even planted on the ground. So I can certainly relate to that. And it's really hard to make decisions at that time because there's so much fear and anxiety around so much of what's going on including trying to figure out what to do with your new career or a job, to, you know, a job to earn money, right? I mean, it can be as simple as like, I need a job to earn money. So how do I do that? Well, it's interesting that you say like, oh, I like change because I do mm-hmm. too. But think about it. When you're getting divorced, you really don't. I bet you didn't like change as much. Well, as not, not maybe the reasons for all the change or all the change that was happening at that time. Like I said, it just becomes too much, right? For some, Even for somebody who likes change, it was just It was too much all at once. So I completely and totally relate to that. It's difficult. Well, it's uncomfortable. You know, we all like routine. And think about it, even like with kids, kids thrive when they have structure and they know what to expect. And I'm not saying we're all like kids, but innately in our minds, people like that same routine. It's comfortable. It feels warm and fuzzy. It's not scary. You don't have to go out of your comfort zone. Think outside the box. But there is an advantage to it. And I always say, people don't like change until you realize that change was the best thing that ever happened to you. I agree. So if there are people listening and they're thinking like, I can't believe I came home and my husband told me he doesn't want to live with me anymore. He's in love with another woman and he's out of here. That's devastating. That's traumatizing. And it's forcing you to make a gazillion changes. And we both feel for you. I do. I understand. And if you need to cry and crawl in bed and shake and be nervous about it, it's completely understandable. A hundred percent. But what we're saying is once you start to figure things out and it doesn't happen overnight, it happens little by little with little victories along the way, I like to call them. It's wonderfully empowering. And then you realize that it was a good change. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you, you just don't know it's going to be that good till you start seeing the effects and the benefits that come out of some of the decisions that you make and the changes that happen, right? So I always just had faith that the good things were on the way. And I think that really helped me move through that time, you know, I sort of empowered to find out what was down that path. But Joe, like you, like I just talked about little victories. You had probably mm-hmm. had little victories. Like I couldn't believe that somebody offered me $50 to write a column. I was so excited. I'm having my name in the paper. This is so cool. Well, that was a little victory to someone who had no self-esteem. So then- I think that I, I did, but I also can relate to the point where you feel like every time you turn around, you're getting knocked down too, right? Like that there's times when it was like, can something please work out for me, please? Like- 
where's the karma in my life? Like I heard about this karma thing. I would like some of that, but it comes like, and that's what I, you know, learned that sometimes there are some tough spots, you know, um, but the little victories are there and they, they do come. So, okay. Are you talking about like, I love what you just said, because everybody going through a divorce probably can relate to this. Mm when you keep getting knocked down and where's the karma, it's like you get this really high attorney bill and then you find out your ex has a girlfriend and then like- um, You're trying to get like, a job and you get a- Yeah, rejection letters. letters. already, you know? Yes. But the, the little victories are also not like what happens. They're also within. Like yes. you look in the mirror and you go, my oh my gosh, I am so much more capable than I thought. If I can do this, I can then do this. And it leads you to having more self-confidence. And those really are victories too. I think I used to like half joke around, but not really joke around that I was like, yes, I got the garbage out on time. <laughs> like, I don't need anybody to do this house stuff for me. I can do this by myself. Like, like I really, I, I would pat myself on the back for everything that happened. You know, that the, the mail didn't pile up. You know, it always piles up some, but right, you know, and you get that stuff under control. Like I got the garbage out. Some, you know, I, got it. I didn't miss garbage pickup day today. All the kids got on the right buses with the right lunches in the right places. Like, cause that's a lot of work. And so, sometimes it's just making sure you realize how much we actually do in any one given day. Those are all wins. I love it. And how about when you realize, oh my gosh, today's the first day I didn't cry in the last <laughs> right. three weeks. Right. Because I actually had a nice day. I met my girlfriend. We had a nice mm-hmm. coffee or a lunch. So try to appreciate the little wins. And little wins include good parts of your day, things that yep. you enjoyed. Let's move on to how do you figure out what you want to do? Like, what if someone says, I have no idea what I even want to do? Where would you point them? Um, for me, I would look at a few places. One, you talked about doing things you love. Do you volunteer for, you know, do you volunteer at all? You know, are you involved in things that you really love? Because prior to getting divorced, when I made a bit of a career shift, one of my shifts came from, I had been on a board of an organization that I was volunteering for. And all of a sudden they needed a director level position in one of the areas for the organization. And I applied for the job and got the job. I knew the organization so well. So if you're volunteering, if there's things that you really like to, if you're not volunteering, but there's things you like to do, find a way to volunteer because it's a good way to get again, in front of people and in a circle that you might really enjoy. So volunteerism is a great place to lead to jobs um, and find out what you like. I think this does give you a chance to sort of, you know, think again, like what, what would I do? What did I always want to do? I, one of the things I did while I was working at the eye doctor's office, so a benefit to, like you said, I didn't have the stress of a big corporate job. I wasn't traveling. I was is I always thought I would have a, well, I really thought I'd have a bed and breakfast, but I thought I would cook or bake as a living. And I started and ran my own chocolate and dessert company for three and a half years. I um, know that. A lot of people don't know that about me, but yeah. So um, it was something I always said I would do. And having, you know, a job that maybe didn't take up all my time allowed me to start it during that time. And I ran this great little company and, and custom made desserts for events and corporate gifts and things like that. And I loved it while I was doing it. And and, and it did become my full-time, you know, job for, for a number of years. So if there's something you love to do, find find a way to do it. Maybe that's an opportunity for you to to take this chance where all this change is coming and change to something that you've always wanted. 
do you realize how much you learned that mm. you probably don't even realize you learned by having? Oh, I realized it. <laughs> you know, really, I mean, it, you're right. I, there's probably even more, but yeah, it was a great experience. And even though it, I just couldn't grow it to the point that I could continue, you know, like, you know, I used to joke around, I'm not, I'm not putting kids through college on chocolate, but you know, if I wanted to grow it, it was going to become something that was going to be much different than I really wanted. So I liked my little cottage industry kind of business and making it, you know, a retail location and expanding in that way and shipping and those kinds of things was just not something I chose to do anything with. I said it was a great business, but it was a great business for somebody else at that point. So I did. I learned a ton. Um, and I learned a ton about myself. And my kids saw me running, you know, this one man, one woman business for a long time. And I think that was really important. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of great benefits from it. And I I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't take it back, even knowing that it was just a piece of my time. I still every once in a while get questions of can you still make the chocolate? I'm like, no, I am retired from that. So no, um, countless lessons countless, yeah. that you probably learned everything from showing your kids leading by example you can do anything you want and just you know maybe i want something a little easier maybe this was fun for a while and now i don't ever have to wonder oh i should have opened that chocolate right. store you know i always wanted to do that and i never did well who right. wants to live with that like oh i yeah. should have done that so yeah. wonderful, wonderful information here. But I also think one of the best things people can do, especially in today's job market, which we know is tough, the best thing you can do is spread the word. Tell people in your life that you're looking for a job. We talked about it before. There is zero shame in it. If there's people that are going to make you feel bad, there are people that you, those are people you do not need in your life. But tell people, tell everybody, tell your accountant if you have one, tell your neighbor or your landlord, tell your friends, tell your doctor when you're there tell every single person you're looking for a job and maybe what you think you might want to do or what some of your skills are because things come other people hear like oh hey like i did my friend's mom was running a medical practice and she had to figure out what to do when she retired from it right so you just never know where those things are going to come from spread the word do it on linkedin but do it personally more than ever these are people that love and care about you I think those are the most likely ways that people will find a new job. But don't ignore things like LinkedIn. Make sure that's current. Recruiters, if the field that you want to be in is something that recruiters recruit for, find recruiters. Ask around. Good recruiters are ones that you don't have to pay, right? The companies pay the recruiters for placing people. So you should never shell out any money to work with a recruiter, but they can help you with sifting through all the stuff, you know, setting up interviews, making sure your resume is good. Never, never ignore that piece. If the place that you want to go is something that recruiters recruit for. I think that's really important. Okay. I love that. And what I was going to say is not only what Joe said, like tell everyone you're looking for a job, but also ask your best friends and your family and people who know you really well, what am I good at? Hmm. What do you see me doing? I love because that. They're going to start these conversations that is going to be giving you like free life coaching. And on that note, I was going to say hire a divorce coach mm -hmm. or a life coach because this is the exactly the type of thing that they do and they will get it out of you and they will keep you accountable. They'll say, you know, 
okay, let's agree that before we meet on the next session, you're going to make three phone calls and send out seven resumes or whatever the two of you agree on. So they will help keep you accountable. They'll get it out of you about figuring out what you want to do, when, where you want. I'm telling you, I'm, I wish I would have had a divorce coach or a life coach when I was getting divorced. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think some of it, we're talking about all the changes that are taking place, all the things, all the emotions. I think that a professional in that area can really help make sure, you know, you stay on track and help take some of that additional stress off and, you know, really be a partner for you and finding a new way to get a job. Absolutely. And if you are listening to this and you're saying, oh, I need a divorce coach, where can I find one? Go to the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling and look under Coaches. Joe, this has been so wonderful. I can't believe we're already out of time, but I feel like we just inspired people. I hope so. I do. Yeah. I hope so. And I always say, like, hey, if anybody wants to have a conversation about how I got from where I was to where I am, you know, I don't think everybody's path follows the same thing. But even just chatting with somebody who went through it on a more individual level, I know you're always happy to have the conversation. I'm always happy to have the conversation and hope that we can inspire people to get to a better place and the place they need to be. And you know what? The benefit of talking to Joe about this, even if you're not calling for financial advice, is a lot of these conversations lead to financial advice conversations. So what I love even about- Even if it's not going to, I'm happy to talk about just like, you know, the challenges and stress and how you got from where you are and what helped you find a good job and how you got into a new field and all that kind of stuff. That would be, if somebody needs help with that, I'd be happy to have that discussion. So nice of you, Joe. And Joe, what I know about you in the seven, six or seven years that we've known each other is that you really are the real deal. You're in huh. the business to help people. Of course, you want to make money. We all do. We have to support ourselves. But you really have that passion and dedication. And it's why I love partnering with you. Because Thank you. Yeah, I really love being in this community. And I really always want to find a way that I can give back. So I hope that, that I can help some people. To my listeners... If you want to find Joanne Lippman, financial advisor, or other divorce professionals that I feel are top-notch, they're very vetted and trusted people, or you want to listen to more podcasts, read articles, download my mobile app, or sign up for my free consult, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. You're amazing, Jackie. Aw, so are you, Joe. Aw, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And to my listeners, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.